The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Senor, it is a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound, surrounded by Russia, but not invaded yet. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Vladimir Putin. And who is that? The uh, he's the king of Russia right now, Jack Vlad Putin. He's also one of the most skilled rewriters of history since Howard Zinn. Awesome. Hey, crank up that music, Michael. This is an information party people have joined. Yes. We've got hors d'oeuvres and cocktails and plenty of information. I showed up drunk. Um, and we got to run through the goings-ons of yesterday. Crank up that music. This is a party. we got to go through the goings-ons of yesterday because uh, there was a lot that happened after we got off the air. A lot. So if you weren't paying attention, and it was a holiday. Is that right? Yeah, it was well, hard. arguably. Hmm. What percentage of Americans did not work yesterday because of the the holiday? I have no I don't idea. Know. Traffic kids were off school, light. right? Uh, I think all kids were out of school. Traffic was very light, and I will tell you because it was my birthday yesterday. Um, over the weekend, I tried to get a reservation at like a dozen different restaurants and couldn't. Like at any time, they were all. Wow. So that leads me to believe a lot of people must have had. The day off, um, which is weird, given that nobody has uh, reflected on the presidents yesterday. No, certainly not. Other than us in our blockbuster President's Day show. If you missed it, grab the podcast. The president of uh, Russia, though, gave an hour-long 
off the top of his head speech, it looked like. Didn't it look that way you to you? He didn't have any notes or anything like that. He didn't seem to be reading from a teleprompter. He just ranted about his view of the history of that part of the world uh, to justify uh, invading the country. Yeah, I, it, it definitely had the ring of the evil genius about it. Uh, the the rambling self-righteousness of various other megalomaniac uh, rulers in Europe through the uh, ages. Yeah. But so uh, my first thought was, as what because we had this conversation yesterday, is he rational or not? He may have cracked. He seems That's, like a guy who might have cracked. Yeah, you brought that up after the show or, or during, I can't remember, but I, I had really contemplated that. I, I've always uh, assessed Putin as extremely coldly rational in the way of the KGB. I'm uh, I'm not so sure anymore. I, there was reading something I forget. I, I, I I've been up all night long, half the night anyway. Because uh, uh, if you're a parent, you've been through this experience where your kids are uh, expelling um, uh, fluids from their body mm. from a number of orify, mm. and you spend the night like washing towels and bedding oh, and that yes. sort of thing just to get ahead of it and, and and think you've got it under control, only to have them erupt once again. And have to find another place for them to sleep as you wash more bedding and towels and pillows? Um, I thought I was past that age, but apparently I'm not. Wow. But wow, that's uh, it's like a parallel or a metaphor or something of Ukraine, but uh, <laughs> unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that. But anyway, uh, yeah, well, I'm more sorry for poor Henry. He was uh, he was quite ill, um, or still is. Ah, oh, poor uh, lad. Uh, I don't know if we just went too big for my birthday. Maybe that was it. Lots of margaritas. Oh, boy. Boy, and cake? Oy. <laughs> but, yeah, steak and cake? Maybe it was just too rich? I don't know. You're 10. You're 10. You can handle that, can't you? Yeah, you'd think. I don't know. That sounds odd. Sounds microbial to me. But back to Putin's rationality. What are you thinking? I mean, because he's shown no signs of being irrational or cracked through the years. Is it old age? Syphilis? What, what's your uh, theory? Well, actually, uh, yeah, the reason I brought that up was I was up uh, half the night, so I had a lot of time to read a whole bunch of the latest articles from the, the smartest people writing for, like, the Washington Post and the New York Times and all that sort of stuff. And I forget which one it was. I'll have to find my notes. But uh, there was at least one speculating that, that he has cracked, that the two years of lockdown um, and being surrounded by just as close advi- advisors and, um, and, you know, being hunkered down to stay away from covid he's got a like he's he's acting weird you know think about it this way and this just popped into my head all the crime and murder and everything that's up and the road rage and everything around the world is from something due to the covid lockdown it's affected everybody else why wouldn't it affect a guy like him in fact it might affect a guy like him on an outsized level well, yeah, he's got enormous challenges in his country, certainly. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It's possible people crack, so, uh, particularly people under enormous pressure. Sure. So the most interesting thing that happened yesterday to me, we ought to start the show officially. All right, then that's what we ought to do. You know, here we are. Of course, where this is unofficial show. This is not. This is off the books show. It's just two guys getting together, shooting the, uh, you know what? <laughs> shooting the what I was cleaning up a lot of overnight. Oh, boy. Hmm. 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 Lot mm. of. Oh, More than boy. I've probably ever cleaned up in my life. Oh, let's please start the show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is Tuesday, February 22nd, uh, George Washington's birthday, the year 2022. Oh, that's right. Today is 2 2 22.
This will never happen again. We are Armstrong and Getting. We approve of this program. All right, let's leap into action. Then officially, according to FCC rules and regulations and the example set to us by the first president of this republic, here we go at Mark. 22% of Americans said that they are very interested in being president of the United States for one day. When can you start? Asked one man. Because I'd love if somebody would jump in today. So here's the most interesting thing to me, and uh, this, this is what has been had tongues wagging on cable news shows this morning. Um... Biden had made a pretty big deal. So you remember he gives the big C as the press conference, and then he does the whole minor incursion thing. Everybody goes nuts right. over that. Right, indeed. Rightfully we so. excoriated him, as I recall. He cleans that up with what Ian Bremmer says in the Washington Post today. Uh, had, had been He cleaned that up with the whole, no, no, one troop, one tank crosses the border. That is an invasion. Remember? Because he, mm-hmm. he got, he got, he had to backtrack for the whole from the whole minor incursion thing. So then he went with one troop crosses that border. That's an invasion, and the sanctions hit. Well, yesterday, after Russia has you know signaled they're taking giant chunks of Ukraine and started to move troops in, the administration came out and said, "Yeah, well, that territory was kind of occupied by Russian troops since 2014, so you can't really call it an invasion no, if they were boy. already there." And so where are we? Um, Michael McFowl, the U.S. ambassador to Russia under Obama, Obama's ambassador to Russia, said Russia has invaded Ukraine already. It's already happened. And the administration used the term peacekeepers a couple of times using Putin's own language. Wait, wait a minute. Our administration did? Yeah, well, they, they would say... Oh. They would say what he calls peacekeepers, but I think to use the term at all is adopting his language. And so did the former ambassador to Russia. When you describe Russian soldiers invading Ukraine right now as peacekeepers, even when you use quotation marks, he said, you are using language that Putin wants you to use. And in a follow-up tweet, the former ambassador to uh, Ukraine said, call it what it is, it's an invasion. Because the administration said, ah, it's not an invasion, they were already there, so can't count. And uh, oh, and then you see Bojo, what Bojo said over in Britain. He said, yeah, we're considering sanctions. Uh, nothing's been decided. Let's all take it easy here. And I, uh, I'm glad Ian Bremmer pointed out in that Washington Post piece that, hey, the president said one troop, one tank. This is lots of troops, lots of tanks. So how does that look to the world? One is reminded, and I don't think it's a coincidence, of uh, Obama's uh, Syria policy. There was very little he could do, so he did nothing, and he did it very poorly. Here's the good news, though, um, for the world. Germany, there is no good news. Germany has found its spine and this morning announced uh, that whole Nord Stream pipeline thing. Uh-uh, oh, that's on hold for maybe forever, which is shocking to most people because they'd made all kinds of noises that they were not going to give that up. So that's some serious leverage, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny is I've been thinking more about the rest of the world than I have the Ukraine situation today, and I'll tell you what I mean. Uh, I believe, in terms of China, for instance, uh, we have entered a new era in uh, of pushing as far as you can go. 
And everybody talks about Taiwan. It's absolutely appropriate to talk about Taiwan. But there are half a dozen ways China could assert or reassert its, no, that's ours and we're taking it. What are you going to do about it, huh? Which is, you know, uh, pushing things to the point of, you know, where a bully says, oh, yeah, what are you going to do? Where, you know, things have turned very, very ugly. And I just, I think we could be in for weeks, months, years of that sort of aggression. And, you know, you, you list dozens of countries around the world that, that have various territorial claims that range from semi-legitimate to completely uh, ridiculous. The era of shifting borders. I continue now, that's to f- not dramatic enough. I'll work on it. I continue to find it interesting, the argument of uh, do you hold back the sanctions until they've invaded, which we just had that argument. Have they invaded or not? I think they have, but the administration is arguing that Russia has not invaded yet. Uh, Do you hold back the sanctions until the invasion happens, or do you do it now and say we'll lift them if you back off? Well, wait a second. uh, Is it an invasion or not? Well, we have to we need to that. come up with a show doctrine. Well, it's an invasion in my mind. It's clearly okay. an invasion, and I, I, I agree. agree. With, I agree with the former ambassador to the Ukraine that it is an invasion already. The administration says it's not, but regardless, uh, the the debate goes on. Of do you you hit him with the stick now and say we'll stop hitting you with a stick if you do the right thing, or are you of the frame of mind that if you hit him with the sanctions now, they say well no harm now. This is the worst they can do to us anyway. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I feared. Well, you know, we have to we have to determine again as a show uh, whether the child has yet broken the vase because I you can't spank a child to prevent them from doing something badly. It's cruel for one thing, but if we agree that the vase of Ukraine has been broken, then let the spanking begin, the full spanking. Hmm. I'm on the side of you hit him with the sanctions now and say we'll take them off if you back away. But that that just that makes sense to me. You know, final thought for me here because we need to take a break. But uh, frequently, when you look at expansionist totalitarian regimes who make their intentions clear, and 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 we the uh, free, sane, peaceful world uh, hold out hope of negotiations and leverage and sanctions and the rest of it. Once they execute their will that that has really been clear all along, the efforts that the rest of the world has made to contain them always look pathetically hilarious. Right. Well, you better not. Please, Putin gives zero f's about that stuff. Oh, yeah. Zero. And, and and the talk yesterday about how you're going to look on the world stage or history or whatever—he doesn't care. He'll be isolated. <laughs> oh act- no. Boy, it's something to look into that guy's eyes while he was ranting there for an hour and and, and just think, you know, he's he's willing to blow up women and children to get what he wants. That's the kind of guy he is. Anyway, we got mailbag coming up. How does that look? Well, oh, it's fine. It'll do. It'll do, and our text line is 415-295-WAS-IT-AN-INCURSION? 415-295-KFTZ. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, there are people that I uh, respect who think this is a very, very big deal, what's going on with Russia going into Ukraine. The world, it's a, it's a like, the day, it's different today than it was yesterday for the rest of the world, for the rest of time. Is that true or not? Maybe we can talk about that later. 
Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, I think we should. Uh, here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Sent along by alert listener Karen in honor of President's Day, which is a ridiculous idea of a holiday. George H. Bush said this. H.W. I believe the role of government is to stand side by side with our citizens to help realize their dreams, not to tell them how to live their lives. Yeah, well, those days are over, old man. Of course, I'm yelling at the deceased. How many people agree with that, do you think? A minority. You think it's less than 50%? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it depends. Uh, it depends. And, you know, I mentioned, oh, gosh, when was it last week? Doesn't really matter. Uh, I got into some uh, big report that Pew Research had put out about how carefully are the way they word questions and how you can so skew results by making subtle changes in questions mm. or giving people a list as opposed to not giving them a list. There's a long, it's, it's pages and pages and pages of really interesting, interesting data. Um, I think if you just asked people, uh, what the, what is the government for? What's it supposed to do? Uh, yeah, you would you would get a tiny minority. Well, very, very disappointingly small, it would say to protect your liberty. Stay instance. out of my way. Yeah, which is you know the reason for the government to protect your liberty, not to hand out other people's stuff. Uh, mailbag. Woohoo! Oh, sorry, got a little. Uh. Some chicken feathers in the uh, potato salad or something there. Mixed up two things. Here we go. What? Ah, uh, trying to think of a good uh, old timey metaphor for. I got uh, there's. Uh, I don't know. Fish scales in the something. I don't know. What? I got two mixed things mixed up. <laughs> there's peanut butter about? in my chocolate. Shut up, Michael. <laughs> hey, uh, Michael, quit uh, criticizing the co-host and get Kamala Harris ready. David and San Jose writes. Guys, I think I figured it out. Kamala's been studying Barack Obama. That's the explanation for his speech pattern. He pauses, phrases, word choices. They're similar. The only problem I tried uh, doing the same thing with... Eh, that's not that great a joke. Anyway, so he thinks she's doing kind of a weak Barack Obama. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. So is that some sort of weak attempt to be the change you believe in, or to, I don't know? Yes, to Could be. together she she's being, and uh, like, to work on. Together. She thinks she's being poetic, but it doesn't work. That could be. No, it's nonsense. Uh, Tim writes, uh, "Why no mask feels better, guys? My thoughts about why it feels so good not to wear a mask has to do with smell." Uh, I've noticed I can't pick up on subtle smells with a mask on. You got your own breath all day long. Uh, a familiar mm. grocery store, subtle smell of food brought back memories of the place, like uh, like memories of your childhood. You know, I was thinking about this. If if you put a mask on a dog, that would just be cruel. You know? Oh yeah. Just it's 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 cruel. It's terrible. Yeah, you'd be seen as a monster if you did that. Right. We're out of time, by the way. Uh, um, we got much more on the way. Stay with us. And Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Could a fourth dose of COVID vaccine be coming your way? I think it's safe to assume that we're not done vaccinating for this virus. Many of us expect that in the years to come, we will have yearly doses of COVID vaccine the same way that we do for the flu vaccine. So I found that fascinating that that became a story yesterday. I swear to God... There is a chunk of people that are like addicted to vaccines. Right. They just they're just enthusiastic about getting more and more shots. So we mentioned during the show yesterday, New York Times article came out. It was a bit of a surprise to me. Got a COVID booster, you probably won't need another one for a long time. This is the New York freaking Times. A flurry of new studies suggests that several parts of the immune system can mount a sustained potent response to any coronavirus variant, and we most likely will not need booster shots. Not for many months, perhaps not for years, according to many new studies. So they found, so the mainstream media, which the New York Times is, but more mainstream media, like the evening newscasts I saw, they found a doctor somewhere who said we need a booster and made that the story. The COVID story of the day. Because they're so in love. over it. Oh. They're in love with getting shots. It's weird. I don't understand what's going on with the whole, I, 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 I want to wear a mask for the rest of my life, and I just want to keep getting shots. COVID deniers and COVID cultists go away. Go and never darken my towels again. I just, I've had enough. Uh, you know, uh, one of our, our most trusted correspondents, 
says, hey, all that stuff about most of the people who are dying right now are unvaccinated, that's actually not true. I'm like, okay, that's it. I throw up my hands. I'm done. I'm completely through. In fact, I have all sorts of stuff prepared. I just want to set fire to it. No, I mean, it's so, interesting and it's relevant, but I just I, I just I can't take it anymore. Well, maybe this is hubris, but I think I know what is true. Um, all those people, practically all the people dying from covid is because they're not vaccinated. Uh, there are 2000 some people dying a day because of covid and they didn't get vaccinated. Vaccinations work. And if if the science said a booster was a good idea, I'd go get it. But the New York Times is pointing out there are a whole bunch of studies saying you don't need it. So why does the media get such a kick out of finding one study that says you do need it? It's an obsession with COVID safety. It's weird, man. It's a a psychological twist I don't get. They know a certain segment of the populace, and it is uh, the liberal media's audience, is obsessed. They're completely obsessed. They're still wearing masks outdoors, etc., uh, I found this interesting. You know, our, uh, I was thinking of calling this in a whimsical way. Wait, you're doing this now? <laughs> some sort of jazzy theme music. <laughs> I like it. I can barely get myself to utter these words. Okay. Because I really, I feel like setting fires. I feel like committing uh-huh. acts of vandalism. I've, I've had I've, many emotions in my life. The... I feel like setting <laughs> fires is not one of them. I don't really. I've wanted to I just I've wanted to crash my car into things. I've wanted to punch things and people. I've uh, I've wanted to do I've wanted to, you know, uh, move to Mexico and <laughs> and grow a mustache and, and uh, change my name. But I've never wanted to set fires. That's a new you one. You know what? Uh yeah, I, and I was only half kidding. You know what occurs to me now? This is what complete cynicism feels like Ah, in this moment in the last two minutes i have become completely cynical i no longer care i don't want to help humanity (laughs) i don't care about my country you people Oh, oh boy all i care about is the people closest to me and if they annoy me i'll probably kick them out too I just I've become completely dead in my soul. Wow. Two twenty two twenty two. Make a note. Joe Getty's soul died. And do you do you have uh do you have the what the tipping point was? What what put you into nihilism? What deadened your soul? Some of the what, stuff I've mentioned already and what extinguished the flame that was Joe Getty. Well, some of the stuff that I mentioned, and also L.A. Unified School District will drop their outdoor masking requirements for staff and students next week. Yeah, they're doing that uh, at my uh, schools in my area that I'm aware of met some threshold to drop the outdoor masks on the playground, which are useless and have been the entire time. And the entire time. And it's been known. They're useless the entire time. You want to talk about zero science. There is no science saying kids need to wear masks outside. But they're dropping the outdoor mask mandate starting today because of some metric that's been met. All right. That's exciting. So uh, speaking of the liberal New York Times, they had this big article about, uh, what's the title? How you should decide if you should still wear a mask. And, of course, Instead of calling people out on their psychoses, uh, they they indulge all their shrinking, cowardly little wussy listeners who are COVID obsessed as a proof of their anti-Trump tribalism or something or other. Uh, but one of the, the one notable thing in this article is 
One of the big subheads is, should you mask outside? I am going to read you the entirety of their discussion. There's little scientific evidence to show that face coverings offer much added protection in many outdoor spaces, such as sidewalks or parks. Then they go into a little detail if you're like in a crowded stadium or something like that. Uh, uh, But the idea that you should wear masks like in a playground or a park or anywhere kids are during school outdoors is dismissed in a single sentence in the New York Times. It is it is as scientifically supported as wearing a red hat or uttering a magical incantation before they go out on the playground. I just that's it. If humanity's going to be this effing stupid, I give up on it. Catch me outside. How about that? I can't. I can't. I, it says I can catch COVID outside in a park as easily as I can catch syphilis from my slutty lover on the phone. Okay. <laughs> um. I don't know why you had to use that as a analogy. Because um, my soul is dead. So, obviously, any sort of restraint based on morality, why would I bother? Why? <laughs> That's right. You're a nihilist now. It's um, almost liberating. I have a really interesting email coming up. Stay with us, Jack. Yeah, the the masks thing outside. So, yeah, or or the kids in school. I don't, I don't know what to do with this because I'm used to the... There's the New York Times, MSNBC world of facts, and then there's the Fox, uh, New York Post world of facts. And uh, okay, so I get. But on this one, the Washington Post and the New York Times are on my side. Right. The the, the people I'm confused about don't have a side, as far as I can tell. There's not a conservative publication or a liberal publication or a communist publication. There are no publications saying kids need to wear masks in school, there are sure as hell no publications saying they need to wear masks outside. Nobody's saying that. So where did it even come from, and how does it continue? It's so weird. Right, and there's evidently just a fragment of my soul that still lives because I I, I really want to drill down on this and do some serious thinking about the the sort of oppression that results from bureaucrats who are unwilling to take risk. As long as they tell you Act as though there is a bear outside your door. And by the way, there's a gigantic bear that's menacing South Lake Tahoe in yeah, California. I forgot the 500 pound bear. What's his name? Uh, Hank the Tank. Hank the Tank, right. Yeah, 500 pounds. That's like as big as the biggest full grown lion. I, the, I looked it up. The fabulous Will Ferrell character in whatever that movie was. Hank the Tank. That's where the bear got his name. That's a good one. Anyway, that's a tangent on a tangent on a tangent. Uh, but the, the idea of bureaucrats who, having been granted a power, see no risk in holding on to it. They see risk in keep in letting it go, and so they refuse to let it go. It is a strange but obviously uh, um, a powerful motivator for oppression. Right, and I I have such a thing with not all authority, but some authority, random authority, I bristle so much at the emails that grant you the permission to do things you should have been able to do all along. It just makes me crazy. When I see an email like, good news, you can take off your mask in this spot. (sighs) 
Am I supposed to like thank you or kiss your ring or give you a twenty dollars bill? You, master. Thank you for doing something. Lick, lick their boots for letting me do something that your your position made no sense to start with. It's so, so wanna, maddening to me. Oh, I agree completely. I want to get to this. I've been promising it for days. Uh, teacher from L.A. History teacher for fourteen years. Been teaching twelve to fourteen year olds for his entire career. Uh, has witnessed this whole debacle. Um, uh, I stayed the obvious that two days ago, the outside mandate to wear masks ended, yet I still see 80% of students still wearing masks outside. Ah, that's interesting. interesting. I added there's a chance within the next month the indoor mandate for classes may end as well, and I suspect the same percentage of students will still be wearing masks indoors. So I asked my students, why? Why are you still wearing masks outside when you do not need to? I gave no preset answers. I wanted them to respond any way they wanted. At the end of the day, I went through their responses and categorized them based on their common ideas. I have 155 students. About 20% of my kids didn't wear masks any outside any longer. About 20%. About 2% would scare, were scared they would get sick. 2%? 2%. About 5% have baby brothers or sisters or grandparents at home who they didn't want to get sick. They're protecting okay. loved ones. Okay. Uh, two kids were told by their parents, you have to wear a mask. Two out of 155. Uh, 70% of kids had answers, which I characterized together because I see their issues as related. And folks, I did not see this coming. The largest pile of responses were the masks made them feel comfortable. The masks felt normal and didn't bother them anymore. And that the masks helped hide their insecurity about their looks. They hated a particular part of their face and the mask hid it. They that's, could hide behind their mask. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Since all that of this happened, horrible. I haven't stopped going back and forth between depression and anger toward the adults who are consciously doing this to our kids. Since I read my students' remarks today, I haven't stopped tearing up, crying, and going into violent rages inside. I love what I do, and I hate my profession. It makes me sick. That is fascinating. I wonder how universal that is. If we've created a generation of people that are uncomfortable with their faces... Well, I, and wow. if you combine that with these these poor generations of kids, and I blame the adults, remember, the adults did this, who've raised their kids to look at every offense as a disaster, the whole microaggression thing, the old, he looked at me funny, we need to call the authorities, we need to bring the parents in, uh, just the whole, everything's a catastrophe. This is unsafe, I feel unsafe, I need a safe space. Uh, we never let kids play on their own. We never let them risk. We never let them uh, invent their own games and enforce their own rules. Just it all fits together. Now we've in, we've enforced masking where they can hide their very faces from each other and further just to pull themselves into a veal calf existence. Good Lord, I'm sorry this is so depressing, but I think it's important. I want to hear what your response is to that. Boy, I did. I if you'd have given me ten guesses, I wouldn't have come up with that. I'd have gotten it wrong. Yep. Thank you, uh, Al, anonymous teacher. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. We need to explore that more. About also, we got the latest on Ukraine and a bunch of other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. 
But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A dog in California was recently reunited with its family after it was missing for 12 years, or in the dog's mind, a couple hours. Everybody chill the f*** out. I went outside. That's funny. We saw some people, speaking of masks and dogs, we saw some people walking down the street the other day. Now, maybe there was a reason for this, but... Um, so it's a couple outside masked walking so they're not around anybody else but each other and they're wearing masks and their dog on a beautiful day has the little things on its paws the little the, the little like booties and that fits it does doesn't it i mean because i yeah. i had a i think i had a dog i would put those on when we went out when it rained just because i didn't want to wipe all the mud off anyway uh but but uh yeah so Booties on the dog's feet so it doesn't have to touch the ground and wearing masks outside away from everybody. All right, whatever. Enjoy your life. Um, yeah, just don't impose your bizarre will on the rest of us, please. That's the problem. That's the problem. If you don't push back on some of these things with some reason like, hey, there's no justification for this at this point, you get these things imposed on you. I was at the grocery store last night. Easily. Nine out of ten people wearing a mask, even though they've dropped the mandate. 
Wow. Wow. In your blue, blue town. Now, so for adults, I don't think it's the what we were just talking about. If you missed um, the email Joe read, it's the idea that kids are still wearing their masks even if they don't have to because they've gotten used to the idea of hiding their faces. We got several texts with the same point. Whenever that happens, I think people are on to something, and I think they're right. I became aware of this late in life, like a couple of years ago, full-on adult. The number of people that wear hoodies, for instance, to cover the fact that they think they're, they're fat or a little chubby, boys and girls. That's one of the real popularities of hoodies. Oh. And we, we got several texts from teachers, a couple of teachers and a mom, who said, oh, yeah, my, my kids wear hoodies, and now the mask is another opportunity to cover up a part of your body you're not comfortable with. And they've just gotten used to it. So the fact that kids wear hoodies when it's way too warm to wear a hoodie because they want to, they, they, they're not happy with their body, now it's the mask. They've gotten used to the very same thing with the mask. So that fits. Wow. And so you never get anywhere close to just accepting that we're all flawed. And yes, I'm flawed. And who cares? I'm going to live my life. You know, I am, um, uh, you know, when you're a teenager, you go very through various permutations of uh, how your skin's doing. Rough sure. being a teenager. Yeah. I can I could absolutely believe if I had been wearing masks at certain times that I thought this is better. This is absolutely better. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And got the end gotten used to it troubling yeah i don't think that would have done me any good no i i'm not no, i'm not saying it's a good thing yeah. but i can just i can i it's not i i wouldn't have guessed that this was why kids were still wearing masks but now that it's explained to me especially people pointing out the whole hoodie thing yeah i get it i get it if you're gonna wear a hoodie when it's 80 degrees outside because you think it covers your you're a little chubby um then heck yeah, I could see you'd wear a mask because you think your nose is too big or your chin's too small or whatever in your mind is this giant problem. Sure, I get that, but explain this to me because my kids are grown now. Why the hell do the young guys wear the beanie when it's hot out? My son does that. They're wearing a winter hat when it's hot out. My son does that. He's beanie guy. He likes the look. It's, he's, he's into the whole hip-hop beanie thing. Skater and, uh, thing, yeah. And, and he's always sweaty. <laughs> and I'm like, dude... <laughs> it's 85 degrees. You're sweating like crazy. Wouldn't you rather not have a beanie and a sweatshirt on? But he wants to look like Eminem. So what are you going to do? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Eminem the rapper, not an Eminem. No, not not, not Eminem. Right. An, an right. Okay, so I think we're on to something there. Well, there's another thing to look out for, ladies and germs. You release, you, you, you ease up on the mask mandates for kids and they keep wearing them because they're ashamed of their faces. That is just fantastic. What young people needed was another dose of insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. And another opportunity to just hide from the slings and arrows of fate, which we all get used to, most of us. And then and deal with, fine, the fact that, that maybe the number one important thing you do growing up is realizing, okay, I'm imperfect, I'm good at some stuff, I'm not good at others, uh, I'm not the best lurking person that's ever lived, but I'm still deserving of love. You know, just, you've got to work your way through all that stuff. And I'm, not every, sure I, in, I'm not sure I am, but in general, every, most people are. Every, arguably, theoretically worthy of it. And and the whole, uh, people are going to say unkind things to me. I'm going to get some bad breaks, the rest of it. But it's not a catastrophe when somebody says something I find mildly hurtful. In fact, a guy I really like last night said something incredibly it, 
dopey and and I hate to use the term douchey, but there it is. It was just <laughs> really and I was really surprised. But I thought, eh, what the hell? We all have our flaws. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna base my judgment on the guy. I'm not gonna be devastated by the fact that he said something that dopey. I'll just put it down to he had a bad moment. Move, move on with my life. And that's not because I have some towering character or anything like that. It's just that's the way I was brought up. It's the world I grew up in. Yes, it's, people are gonna say stupid stuff. You're fine. So. Uh... Putin invaded Ukraine, but our government says, well, that doesn't really count as an invasion. What? Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.